The source of the speeches I use here on the Choice Voice podcast comes from a list of the top 100 speeches. This list is compiled by researchers at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and Texas A&M University, among other places. It reflects the opinions of 137 leading scholars of public address. My choice of the speeches you hear here should not be construed to reflect or promote any point of view. They are simply considered great speeches. The Enchiridion by Epictetus, 135 AD. The Enchiridion translates as post-college level manual. There are fully 52 points in the original, but only 19 of those are here in respect of time. Some of it may seem a bit harsh, and some needy of more detailed treatment and explanation, but it is what it is, so buckle your seatbelts. Some things are in our control, and others not. Things in our control are opinion, pursuit, desire, aversion, and, in a word, whatever are our own actions. Things not in our control are body, property, reputation, command, and, in one word, whatever are not our own actions. The things in our control are by nature free, unrestrained, unhindered, but those not in our control are weak, slavish, restrained, belonging to others. Remember, then, that if you suppose that things which are slavish by nature are also free, and that what belongs to others is your own, then you will be hindered. You will lament, you will be disturbed, and you will find fault both with gods and men. But if you suppose that only to be your own which is your own and what belongs to others such as it really is, then no one will ever compel you or restrain you. Further, you will find fault with no one, or accuse no one. You will do nothing against your will. No one will hurt you, you will have no enemies, and you not be harmed. Aiming, therefore, at such great things, remember that you must not allow yourself to be carried, even with a slight tendency, towards the attainment of lesser things. Instead, you must entirely quit some things, and... For the present, postpone the rest. But if you would both have these great things, along with power and riches, then you will not gain even the latter, because you aim at the former too. But you will absolutely fail of the former, by which alone happiness and freedom are achieved. Work, therefore, to be able to say to every harsh appearance, you are but an appearance, and not absolutely the thing you appear to be. And then examine it by those rules which you have, and first and chiefly by this, whether it concerns the things which are in our own control or those which are not. And if it concerns anything not in our control, be prepared to say that it is nothing to you. Remember that following desire promises the attainment of that which you are desirous, and aversion promises the avoiding that to which you are averse. However, he who fails to obtain the object of his desire is disappointed, and he who incurs the object of his aversion wretched. If, then, you confine your aversion to those objects only which are contrary to the natural use of your faculties, which you have in your own control, you will never incur anything to which you are averse. But if you are adverse to sickness or death or poverty, you will be wretched. Remove aversion, then, from all things that are not in our control, and transfer it to things contrary to the nature of what is in our control. But for the present, totally suppress desire. For if you desire any of the things which are not in your own control, you must necessarily be disappointed. And of those which are, and which it would be laudable to desire, 
nothing is yet in your possession. Use only the appropriate actions of pursuit and avoidance, and even these lightly, and with gentleness and reservation. With regard to whatever objects give you delight, are useful, or are deeply loved, remember to tell yourself of what general nature they are, beginning from the most insignificant things. If, for example, you are fond of a specific ceramic cup, remind yourself that it is only ceramic cups in general of which you are fond. Then, if it breaks, you will not be disturbed. If you kiss your child or your wife, say that you only kiss things which are human, and thus you will not be disturbed if either of them dies. When you are going about any action, remind yourself what nature the action is. If you are going to bathe, picture to yourself the things which usually happen in the bath. Some people splash the water, some push, some use abusive language, and others steal. Thus, you will more safely go about this action if you say to yourself, I will now go bathe, and keep my own mind in a state conformable to nature, and in the same manner with regard to every other action. For thus, if any hindrance arises in bathing, you will have it ready to say, It was not only to bathe that I desired, but to keep my mind in a state conformable to nature, and I will not keep it if I am bothered at things that happen. Men are disturbed, not by things, but by the principles and notions which they form concerning things. Death, for instance, is not terrible, else it would have appeared so to Socrates. But the terror consists in our notion of death that it is terrible. When, therefore, we are hindered or disturbed or grieved, let us never attribute it to others, but to ourselves, that is, to our own principles. An uninstructed person will lay the fault of his own bad condition upon others. Someone just starting instruction will lay the fault on himself. Someone who is perfectly instructed will place blame neither on others nor on himself. Don't be prideful with any excellence that is not your own. If a horse should be prideful and say, I am handsome, it would be supportable. But when you are prideful and say, I have a handsome horse, know that you are proud of what is, in fact, only the good of the horse. What, then, is your own? Only your reaction to the appearances of things. Thus, when you behave conformably to nature in reaction to how things appear, you will be proud with reason, for you will take pride in some good of your own. Sickness is a hindrance to the body, but not to your ability to choose, unless that is your choice. Lameness is a hindrance to the leg, but not to your ability to choose. Say this to yourself with regard to everything that happens. Then you will see such obstacles as hindrances to something else, but not to yourself. We'll continue reading from this speech transcript after a quick break. Now, back to where we left off. Begin, therefore, from little things. Is a little oil spilt? A little wine stolen? Say to yourself, this is the price paid for equanimity, for tranquility, and nothing is to be had for nothing. When you call your servant, it is possible that he may not come, or if he does, he may not do what you want. But he is by no means of such importance that it should be in his power to give you any disturbance. If you wish your children and your wife and your friends to live forever, you are stupid, for you wish to be in control of things which you cannot. You wish for things that belong to others to be your own. So likewise, if you wished your servant to be without fault, you are a fool, for you wish vice not to be vice, but something else. But if you wish to have your desires undisappointed, 
This is in your own control. Exercise, therefore, what is in your control. He is the master of every other person who is able to confer or remove whatever that person wishes, either to have or to avoid. Whoever, then, would be free, let him wish nothing, let him decline nothing, which depends on others, else he must necessarily be a slave. Remember that you are an actor in a drama, of such a kind as the author pleases to make it. If short, of a short one, if long, of a long one, if it is his pleasure, you should act a poor man, a cripple, a governor, or a private person. See that you act it naturally. For this is your business, to act well the character assigned you. To choose it is another's. Remember that not he who gives ill language or insults, but the principle which represents these things as insulting. When, therefore, anyone provokes you, be assured that it is your own opinion which provokes you. Try, therefore, in the first place, not to be hurried away with the appearance. For if you once gain time and respite, you will more easily command yourself. Is anyone preferred before you at an entertainment, or in a compliment, or in being admitted to a consultation? If these things are good, you ought to be glad that he has gotten them, and if they are evil, don't be grieved that you have not gotten them. As a mark is not set up for the sake of missing the aim, so neither does the nature of evil exist in the world. If a person gave your body to any stranger he met on his way, you would certainly be angry. And do you feel no shame in handing over your own mind to be confused and mystified by anyone who attempts to verbally at... And, uh, and do you feel no shame in handing over your own mind to be confused and mystified by anyone who happens to verbally attack you? In every affair, consider what proceeds and follows and then undertake it. Otherwise, you will begin with spirit. But, not having thought of the consequences, when some of them appear, you will shamefully desist. I would conquer at the Olympic Games, quote-unquote, but consider what proceeds and follows, and then, if it is for your advantage, engage in the affair. You must conform to rules, submit to a diet, refrain from dainties, exercise your body, whether you choose it or not, at a stated hour, in heat and cold, you must drink no cold water nor sometimes even wine. In a word, you must give yourself up to your master as to a physician. Then, in the combat, you may be thrown into a ditch, dislocate your arm, turn your ankle, swallow dust, be whipped, and after all, lose the victory. When you have evaluated all this, if your inclination still holds, then go to war. Do you think that you can act as you do and be a philosopher? That you can eat and drink and be angry and discontented as you are now? You must watch, you must labor, you must get the better of certain appetites, must quit your acquaintance, be despised by your servant, be laughed at by those you meet, come off worse than others in everything, in magistracies, in honors, in courts of judicature. When you have considered all these things round, approach, if you please, if by parting with them you have a mind to purchase equanimity, freedom, and tranquility. When walking, you are careful not to step on a nail or turn your foot, so likewise, be careful not to hurt the ruling faculty of your mind. And if we were to guard against this in every action, we should undertake the action with the greater safety. Does anyone bathe in a mighty little time? Don't say that he does it ill, but in a mighty little time. Does anyone drink a great quantity of wine? Don't say that he does ill, but that he drinks a great quantity. For unless you perfectly understand the principle from which anyone acts, 
how should you know if he acts ill? Thus, you will not run the hazard of assenting to any appearances but such as you fully comprehend. When you have brought yourself to supply the necessities of your body at a small price, don't pique yourself upon it, nor, if you drink water, be saying upon every occasion, I drink water. But first consider how much more sparing and patient of hardship the poor are than we. But if at any time you would inure yourself by exercise to labor and bearing hard trials, do it for your own sake and not for the world. Don't grasp statues. But when you are violently thirsty, take a little cold water in your mouth and spurt it out and tell nobody. Whatever moral rules you have deliberately proposed to yourself, abide by them as they were laws, and as if you would be guilty of impiety by violating any of them. Don't regard what anyone says of you, for this, after all, is no concern of yours. How long, then, will you put off, thinking yourself worthy of the highest improvements and follow the distinctions of reason? You have received the philosophical theorems with which you ought to be familiar, and you have been familiar with them. What other master, then, do you wait for, to throw upon that the delay of reforming yourself? You are no longer a boy, but a grown man. If, therefore, you will be negligent and slothful, and always add procrastination to procrastination, purpose to purpose, and fix day after day in which you will attend to yourself, you will insensibly continue without proficiency, and, living and dying, persevere in being one of the vulgar. This instant, then, think yourself worthy of living as a man grown up and proficient. Let whatever appears to be the best to you an inviolable law. And if any instance of pain or pleasure or glory or disgrace is set before you, remember that now is the combat. Now the Olympiad comes on, nor can it be put off. By once being defeated and giving way, proficiency is lost, or by the contrary preserved. Thus Socrates became perfect, improving himself by everything, attending to nothing but reason. And though you are not yet a Socrates, you ought, however, to live as one desirous of becoming a Socrates. Upon all occasions, we ought to have these maxims ready at hand. Conduct me, Jove, and you, O destiny, wherever your decrees have fixed my station. Cleanthes, I follow cheerfully, and did I not? Wicked and wretched, I must follow still. Whoever yields properly to fate is deemed wise among men, and knows the laws of heaven. Euripides. This podcast and our other podcast are productions of Little Red Hen Industries. The supporting cast who helps me bake the bread includes Techno King, John C. Brandy, Fact Checker, Abraham Lincoln, French Consultant, Virginia Mitchell, Media Expert, Favor, Abbasi E.K., Psychologist, William James, Rabbit Hole Advisor, Dr. Mark Perrot, Sound Designer, Goodly Amo, Marconi, Spanish Consultant, Cameron J.K. Brandy, Videographer, Alfred Hitchcock, Audio Props, Les Paul, Inspiration, Napoleon Hill and Earl Nightingale. We also have websites, and you can subscribe to both podcasts and get ebooks and other great stuff. You can send us a video, audio, or text message, but of course, you'll have to head to the show notes, either on your phone or on the web, to actually get links and stuff. And those clickable links are in the show notes. And before we forget, the artificial intelligence or AI voices you hear in our work come from the online tone generator linked in the show notes. Finally, you can find us on Podmatch and Listen Notes, where we consider guests and guesting on other pods. And really finally, the music for our pods comes from Cute by Ben Sound and from Piano Background by Nick Simon Adams.
The sound effects credits go to Jackson Academy Ashmore, Canoe CG, Dr. Jekyll, Joe Payne, Everything Sounds, MK Play Moss Stories, ERH, and Just Kid Inc. Yes, that's his name. All on freesound.org.